Hello. 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 Wow, good. Morning, we got it this time. Lindsay likes no, to hold out once in a while. No one said good morning. Good morning. But you just did. This is the first time. Yeah. That's how I roll. <laughs> All right. Let's not waste this very important person's time. And by this, I don't mean me. I mean my very dear friend and former colleague, the one, the only, Mike Sutton, president and CEO of the coolest agency in Canada, soon the US, Woo! Zulu Alpha Kilo. Mike Sutton, welcome. Hi. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Hey, Sean. Hey, Lindsay. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Very We're good. so excited that you're here. Me too. Yeah. Like it's, I've been pushing for this. So every episode now is about me pushing and Lindsay going, well, we'll see. Except and, this time uh, I would have never said no. I was like, when's he available right now? Yeah. She goes, right do you now? think he'd answer? And I'm like, oh, 50, 50. <laughs> I mean. You only had to ask once and I answered right away. Well, you know, I said to Lindsay, you know, he tripped my daughter when she was a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> So he owes you. Is that why? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mike, you win. You made me feel really special. I was like, oh my gosh. I think I wept a little bit. And I went, Lindsay, you won't believe this. She's like, no shit. People do like you? And I said, apparently. We're still questioning it. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Come on. Come on. Most, <laughs> the, the most loved man in advertising. Where? Thank you, Mike. <laughs> on this Thank podcast? you. Maybe 20 two and a half years ago. Listen, let's just get into it. We were dying to get the this person who was actually one of the first people I, I honestly, the first strategist back when we didn't even know, like, it was like, we hired this guy as a strategist. And I'm like, great, what's that? Um, so there you go. I think you went to school to be that and uh, or something like that. We worked in digital. Was it called that then though, Mike? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was called a digital agency still back back then, kind of 1999, 2000. Whoa. Pioneers, Sean. We were pioneers. <laughs> Thanks. I'm blessed That's to be in the babe. presence of both of you. Yes. Lindsay was a mere babe. Just a baby. Um, Mike is here because the agency he is responsible for, Zulu Alpha Kilo, is an agency to Lindsay and I that really has done an amazing job in standing out. Um, standing out, standing out not by look at the amazing work we do, but standing out, although they do do great work, but standing out to really use their brand as a platform for change that they believe needs to happen in our industry. You're tackling a lot of interesting, um, uncomfortable topics. And you have been for a while. And recently, the latest that you had done had come up. And it was about awards. Um, and and it, I saw it and I was instantly like, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's that uncomfortable like, oh. But anyways, you guys all know, every one of our fans know we are big about brand purpose we talk about brands but never do i did i even reflect and think about how do agencies who are responsible for brands and the communication of said brands they are a brand and they have um a role to potentially play and i just you know shame on me for not even challenging our own industry to to do some of those things and we really wanted to talk to mike about all sorts of stuff uh, from the perspective of, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but Zulu Alpha Kilo is independent. 
Correct. Right. Uh, the fact that you don't do uh, spec work pretty much shows yeah. you can only be independent. Um, thank you for coming today. So, Mike, mm. why do you take such a risky stance in so many of these topics? And let's talk about a few of those topics and, and where those come from. Um, well, geez, where to start? Because I mean, I mean, the first thing is that as an industry, it's um, it's an industry that takes itself very seriously, right? Like, let's let's be honest. And way so, too seriously. Way too seriously. And so I think, you know, there's a, a number of different aspects to, um, you know, kind of what we do and how we do it. And, you know, candidly, like some of it is just poking fun at the industry and poking fun at ourselves. Um, the industry needs a bit of levity. It takes itself way too seriously. And so I think some of the content that we create that is is just at the industry is just kind of um, a little kind of poke at the industry. But, in, um, you know, a lot of times it is exposing like some real issue, but just doing mm -hmm. it in a, in a humorous way. Um, in terms of like, so why do we do this uh, kind of work? Like, if you look back at the, at the history of advertising and advertising agencies, um, it was very common for agencies in the 60s, for example, to do house ads um, mm -hmm. and, to, and to promote themselves and promote their point of difference um, as a way of, you know, looking smart, attracting clients and attracting talent. Um, right. And so I think that that um, is, has been a bit lost in the industry. Maybe it's just because everybody's so damn busy, but um, but we've we've always always done that. We're um, uh, very much a values driven company, and Clearly. so the uh, the content that we create, the stances that we take on things that are wrong and antiquated uh, in the industry, um, are often driven by our values and beliefs and what we think is wrong with uh, with this industry that we work in and love very much. So, mm -hmm. just to clarify. For uh, the less old school people, house ads basically means uh, promotions of the agency and its services, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, communications, uh, ads or videos or whatever that just talk any about kind of content. Your, yourself uh, as opposed to talking about your clients is talking about your own brand. Uh, and agencies, obviously, their core business is doing work to make other brands famous, but you know, we've always believed that we have to look after and make sure that we're communicating things that are different about, you know, our company and our beliefs. And I think what, like what I was reading about the other day as well was a lot of agencies don't necessarily do house ads because they feel like the perception of if they have to advertise themselves is that they're not busy, right? And everyone obviously prides themselves on being busy. And they are also kind of afraid to communicate their values because it might turn off potential clients. So I think it's really interesting the fact that you do take such a strong stance on certain topics like, like spec work as an example and aren't afraid or are you afraid? Like, are you, what happens when you do a piece of content like goal? that saying, mm -hmm. yeah, saying like, we're not going to do spec work. How does that how do you so work through this, the fear and the and the potential consequence of doing some of those things? Yeah. You don't do spec work. Uh, you know, we don't. We haven't done uh, creative spec work for a new business uh, pitch in um, ten over ten years. 
Um, wow. So yeah, or yeah. So I mean, so and again, for listeners who may uh, be wondering, okay, so what is what is spec work and how do you define that? I mean, spec work is often it's a an antiquated uh, part of the industry. When a client is looking for a new agency, uh, they will put out an RFP to a number of agencies and say, "Hey, uh, here we're looking for a new agency. Come and present us some ideas." And so the agencies will go away and spend a lot of time and a lot of money, uh, often like into well into the six figures when you look at the amount of money that can be spent to win a new client. Um, and then the agencies will all come back, present work to the client, and then the client will pick an agency who wins and then they work together. Um, and uh, so that's what that's what spec work is as part of a as part of a pitch. A couple of so things, let's I just think- say it again, because I think to some people it's inconceivable. But it's yeah. it's it's pervasive. I think even when I was first telling Lindsay about it way back, and she's like, "Wait a minute." So from a creative yeah, perspective, because I think you first published that video in 2015, right? So it was it's been right. a long time that you've been talking about not doing this, which That's was right. when Sean we would have first started mm-hmm. to talk about that. And the right. idea is that, and as a freelancer, I I do do work for spec projects, but I charge for them. And I make it very clear because a lot of times they'll come and say, you know, so some of the people I work with on some of these pitch projects will be doing it for, for free for the sake of, you know, you'll get to work on this. But mm-hmm. essentially it's about asking for the work to prove alongside an RFP. So all that work to prove that you have the capability to deliver what they need. And it's that problem where it's not only the business can deliver it's that the create that you can you can deliver creative because you spend so much money in creating i hate to say it but in creating what might not be the most honest representation of your work for the sake of winning the work um it's rarely if ever a win-win situation mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and for us, it's it's uh, the money doesn't even factor into it because there are pitches that where a client will come along and say, "Hey, we're going to pay for this spec work," and mm-hmm. so that for us doesn't make a difference because it's not it's not about the money. It's really just oh. about the principle. It's about the principle of the of the entire process. Um, and you know, the the I guess the dirty secret of of spec work and what truly happens inside the walls of an agency when there's a spec pitch is that you have existing clients who've already entrusted you with their brand as an agency. And so what happens in an agency is it's like, hey, um, you know, there's this new client that comes along that, you know, whatever, sells highlighters. I'm holding a highlighter. We want Sharpie, people, we want Sharpie. We want Sharpie. Sharpie. And so um, what happens is that then the agency resources are then diverted away from the clients that you're already working with and those uh, those clients lose because the agency right. isn't focused on solving their business problems and bringing great creative ideas to them. The agency is off spending all of their time and money chasing something new. And so from uh, from the early days, I mean, Zach and I, Zach's the founder uh, of Zulu, and uh, he and I were uh, very much aligned on this. It's like, this is a big distraction, like from our current business. And for those of you who are listening, who are in the industry, like those pitches often happen uh, and that the work uh, to do that uh, spec work often happens on weekends, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it interferes with and everybody's the holidays. weekends and the holidays often and all of that. So uh, there's so much wrong. There's so much wrong with it. And so, uh, I mean, your initial question, uh, Lindsay, was, okay, so why do you do that? I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple of reasons. One is that's a true belief that we have. This is ridiculous. It's a stupid part 
of the industry and the process that has gone on since, again, since the, the, the heyday of the madman in advertising right. in the in the 50s and 60s. And, it, and the industry's just held on to it. And no one really knows why. And so it's just like everyone's following this process, but it's really damaging um, to uh, agency culture. It's damaging uh, because I don't think clients get the, get the best agency out of that process because what agencies do is hire freelancers to work on that stuff and spend money to win the business. And then when the client actually starts working with the agency, it's often a different group of people who are going to be working on it. So there's a lot of issues with it. And for mm -hmm. us, it is a way to stand out. Um, we received like literally hundreds of resumes from all over the world when we released that video in 2015. Um, and it's just, it's, it is one of those areas that we've taken a stance on and say, hey, we believe this. We're not afraid to, uh, to say it. And uh, we think it's good for our brand and good for the industry. Um, and it's cost us money. Like we've turned down uh, last year, we, we tallied it up, say, hey, if we went after and won all the pitches that we could have participated in, it was almost $100 million. Wow. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're a smaller agency because we have this uh, belief and be because we have this stance. So, but a belief isn't true until it costs you money. Right. And so this right. is Ouch. one that we believe in. Yeah. So give us a little peek under the hood. Like what happened? So tell, tell us what happens in this scenario. As someone comes to you and says, we have an RFP, we want you to mm -hmm. pitch and do spec work to win this mm -hmm. business. You say no. What What's the conversation? Well, I mean, the conversation is always first starts with gratitude, right? It starts with thank you for like we're included in the conversation. So it always starts there. Um, and, uh, because often clients don't know, like clients aren't the reason this is a problem. That's the other thing, right? Is that people, okay. uh, when they think of spec work, they're like, oh, stupid clients asking for free work. It's actually not the clients. The industry has perpetuated it and allowed it to happen. So it's agencies are 100%. the problem here, not clients. Um, and so when a client reaches out, they don't know what they're asking for. They're, I think clients just think that this is the way it's done because it's been done for over 50 years this way. And so um, when I have that call, it's always, look, thank you. Uh, you know, tell me more. You know, I'm interested in learning more. And then eventually, yeah, I'm going to say, look, so here's the challenge that we would have in participating in this process is that we don't do uh, creative spec work for uh, RFPs. Here's why. We don't mm -hmm. do it. This is why we believe what we believe. And, uh, and it's honesty about what happens inside the walls of an agency when you choose to do a creative spec pitch. And so often that is very educational uh, for clients to hear. They, don't, they had no idea that this was the case. Mm -hmm. um, and cool. uh, So yeah. you use it as an opportunity to educate and inform, well, not just provide not just Absolutely. shut the door. No, I'd never, yeah, never do There's that. There's lots to learn here. There's lots to learn here, but then also it, it goes back to a conversation about our beliefs and values. Here's why we believe this. We're, you know, whether it be, it's about looking after our people. And uh, this is when you do a spec pitch, here's what happens behind the scenes. And, um, and so there's been numerous times where the clients changed the process after I have that conversation to say, hey, you know what? let me take this away and I'm going to talk to the team and I'll come back to you. And sometimes it's like, all right, great. We've changed the process. And literally I will look at the RFP document and make sure that it is spelled out very clearly in there uh, because you, it has to be a level playing field. It's not just about, right. okay, Zulu, great. You guys don't have to do uh, spec creative, but the other agencies are. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how the conversation goes. And even if the process can't change, when I leave that conversation, I feel like there's mutual respect um, coming out of the conversation. And maybe one day that client is going to leave and three years later move into another role and they're going to remember that conversation with me. And then maybe they'll call us back and there'll be a different opportunity. Are there ever times, and I've got to assume there are, that just by explaining how it works, let's let's really look at one culprit would be, and I don't mean the people, but the, the act of procurement mm-hmm. as it relates to the purchase of commodities uh, for the sake of manufacturing. So from I'm a big follower mm-hmm. of Tim mm-hmm. Williams, yeah. and it's that whole sort of like, it's a commoditized model. You're paying for bodies working X amount of hours at a value of said rate as mm-hmm. if it's a fixed thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have that conversation or even forget that, are there often times where it just is like, great to know, I guess we just can't work together, right? Like I got to believe that there's some situations that's just mm-hmm. awesome, won't work. And for you, that's a filter. And for them, they appreciate it. Does that yeah. ever help just kind of weed it out at the beginning? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think that I feel like we've gotten very good at um, having those conversations and uh, understanding what are good opportunities for us. And then Mm -hmm. when there's a situation where somebody is just looking for, like you say, a commodity and they don't see the value, you know, because we're we're a premium agency, we're, we're priced premium as well. And so for us, we would we probably wouldn't we might not be considered in that scenario for that reason, because somebody's just looking for. Um, cost effective, right? Cost effectiveness. Mm-hmm. But I mean, on the procurement thing, like I, uh, I've had more good conversations with procurement people than bad. But I, I do think procurement does is a lightning rod for, uh, for this topic, though, and that they kind of get blamed. And I mean, I would say that's not really been been my experience. Um, and they're, you know, usually have have reason can have reasonable conversations. Uh, if the starting point is a is a good one anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living in a house with someone who's led procurement at a very <laughs> prominent brand north in North America. I would go. say there are kind of like two levels of procurement now where mm-hmm. it's almost like more of a traditional and more of a kind of progressive model of procurement. It can be a very interesting conversation where procurement can start to understand that mm-hmm. when you just pay the lowest price in the beginning, it may be cost effective in the short term. But when you get quality work in the end from an agency that may be higher, it can be more cost effective long term. Um, because of the quality of the work and quality of the talent and all the different things that come with more premium agencies. So um, I think it's a really interesting kind of collaboration Mm -hmm. point with more progressive procurement departments. The issue that I had historically with procurement was it was at a point where marketing, they decided that marketing and creative services needed to follow the, because there were large budgets, right? So Mm -hmm. they needed to follow the internal process. So you would often have a person who was very good at what they did, Mm -hmm. but they didn't have a clear understanding. The company didn't have a clear understanding of you're actually procuring talent. You're actually procuring premium services. And we were all figuring that out at at the same time. And I think that that was a real trigger of the kind of behavior you're talking about. It does create bad behaviors. From a operational standpoint, we're starting to learn, the whole industry is learning to operate differently. But it all comes down to, there's something about how the agency model, the traditional agency model operates, that's gonna have to change in every way. When we think of operations, we think, 
uh, employees. We think culture. We think, you know, how you make money. Uh, we think of the decisions you make. And I feel like that's the one thing that's at the core of everything you guys do. And we're big on story doing, but I feel like even bef- even since after we've talked, Mike, you guys have closed your offices and you're going to be opening a new office um, because you guys are literally understanding that agencies need to change the way they operate. Would you agree? I, I do agree with that. I mean, you talked at the beginning about how you you believe you believe, and a lot of the the content of and focus of the of the podcast is about purpose, right? And so, yeah. I mean, everything that we know from, especially about younger people who are coming into the industry, younger people who are already in the, in the industry and what they're looking for in a career. And it comes down to, um, again, like we, we know that people have lost trust in institutions like governments. And, and yes. so people are looking to leadership in the companies that they work for, um, for, uh, for leadership, for purpose, right? In terms of, okay, what does this company stand for? Uh, yes. What have they done? Not just lip service, but what have they actually done? What actions has this company taken that makes me proud to work for this organization and uh, and get behind the leadership team? That, and so that is, I think, a, a big opportunity for any business, a small business, a medium business, a, a large corporation. Uh, in the industry, in the advertising industry, um, it's very much, very much uh, the same. And, and uh, I think that's a big advantage for us and in our independence is that we can make unconventional decisions um, that are grounded in our values as a company, that are grounded in our purpose and beliefs so that um, we can attract talent and, and retain talent that um, shares those beliefs and has the same ambitions as we do. And so mm-hmm. all of those things added up are, is what creates culture and creates purpose in an organization. And so, you know, we've talked about spec as one of them, but what the, I mean, the thing that a lot of people don't know about the decision to uh, say, Hey, we're not going to do spec work is then also, we had to go, wait a minute, we have to be clean and honest everywhere. Okay. What about our internships? Okay. Yes. So we have to now, uh, like we, we didn't have a big internship program before, but there were times where we had, yeah, okay, come on in and work for, you know, six weeks with us. And, uh, you know, there wasn't like a salary involved. There might be like some little stipend or something like that. So we created an internship program called employeeship where we pay people for their time to come in for an interview. Wow. And then we hire and give, give full-time jobs on the spot. Um, wow. with, direct, with directors, when we have, when we go out and are doing a director search, it's typical in the industry that the director then does a director treatment. Guess what? Directors aren't paid for treatments. So then we said, we can't do this anymore. If we now stand for no spec work, we can't be asking anyone else in the industry for free. So now our, our, that changed our process with directors. So we, we have a conversation, a phone call with directors. We share the script with them and we, and we mandate, look, no treatments. We just want to have a conversation about you. T- tell us about your thinking about this, and we mm-hmm. make a decision. We make a decision on the spot about the director that we're going to work with. Um, and so, okay, but did this lead to like a holy shit moment? Because you've opened the box, you picked the lid with yeah. spec work, and now you're like, oh, like it's actually a lot. There's a lot of implications to driving forward a lot of these beliefs, especially at the same time, whether it's employees, whether it's financial, whether it's the business that you're winning, whether it's the people that you're paying. Mm -hmm. And like as a consultant, I, I work with a ton of different agencies 
And the thing that's so interesting and unique about you is that a lot of agencies will be the first one to be like, well, I mean, in this time, I guess then we have to do this back work. Or they're just going to be like, mm-hmm. I mean, we need an intern and these 30 people are willing to come in for six weeks and they're going to do it unpaid. So it's almost like, yes, they do say that they want to do those things, but you're actually doing real actions to drive these things forward, which cannot be easy, even only from the financial side of things, let alone all of the other side of things, being able to push forward all of these beliefs at the same time. Yeah, the actions are, the actions are all that matter, right? And, um, you know, because I think anyone can uh, come out with a statement about something, but it's really understanding the actual actions. What have you actually done to back that up? We do, we have a lot of those real stories to say, we made this decision and it cost us this. And so as a business owner, you have to have the stomach to do that, right? Because it it costs you money and it's, mm-hmm. it's not easy, but I don't know, it, isn't it, it's kind of just doing the right thing though. And is the long-term benefit, would you, do you see the long-term benefit is how, how has that been? Well, I mean, for us, I think we have a very strong brand. I think we have a, a, a great reputation in the, in the industry. And a lot of that is because we've been unwavering in our Mm -hmm. uh, approach to these things. And so if we were then to say, okay, well, Hey, everyone, look, we're going to do spec work just for this one thing, because it's, we think it's different and we really want this client. Then I think all integrity is lost, right? Right. We're very aware of, of that. It's very delicate. And, but every year on these things, the stake that was put in the ground 10 years ago goes deeper and deeper and deeper because the belief is deeper and deeper and deeper. So I mean, everything you add to it just makes it easier to tell a better story. We don't even talk about what it does to the creatives who have to do those pitches. Yeah. Right? And like strategists. Yeah. Strategists well. too. Absolutely. <laughs> I still don't know what a strategist is. So Lindsay, you say what you need to say. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like it was soul sucking. Like, yeah, it's soul destroying. You, you see it on the video that you do for it from a creative person or a strategy person who put so much time and energy in. What I'll say is the big reason why I have issues with it is we don't have enough information to actually deliver. Thank you. I was just going to say (laughs) that. The other part is like, hey, we're not going to pay you for it, but also we're going to tell you very little about the problem Mm -hmm. you're trying to solve. So the stuff that you're going to bring back proactively and put your team through the ringer through to bring it back is probably not going to be that accurate. Although it may be creatively impressive, it may not actually be solving the real problem because we have very little information about what we need to do. I'd summarize it by saying it's just, it's not a true reflection of what the relationship would be like if you actually worked together, right? No one, right. no client and agency work like that together. And it's, so it's, it's this, it's setting up this fake scenario. I would say the good, the good news is, is that we've seen over the last uh, five years, I'd say we've seen a lot of change in the industry. I, I come out of it this way. The worst thing that could happen in a lot of cases where it's not set up properly is that you win it. Yeah. Because as the then creative, you're in that scenario, they think they're buying what you've proposed, and then everything changes on the kickoff. You know, it's like that. It, it no one wins from it, so it's yeah. not there's a bad and a good. No one wins, yet it's it's tempting, right? It's that whole idea that no one benefits in the end. And I love that you have called it out in a way that just 
to, to the lay person, but even us goes like the best line is, well, I love your little guy around the diner, but the girl who just says, you just have to trust. Like he wants yeah. a coffee in the video. And she's like, like, she's just like, you're out of your fucking mind yeah. is what her eye says. And that's what we have to do. I mean, but a lot of agencies still do it, right? Yeah. So what would you say to other small agencies who are like, who I work with all the time, who are still investing hundreds of thousands of dollars to lose, still lose business. So what would you say to them where, when you look back at some of your videos, mm -hmm. it's amazing to hear that you, that you think there's been a lot of great progress because even looking back at some of those issues, I'm like things that you said in 2013, things that you said in 2015 for a lot of agencies, you could still say today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what it's gosh it's hard like when i think about okay so how do i give other give others advice because i think everyone's scenario is a bit different and i don't know if everyone can say no to be honest with you fair right there's a there's a maybe a, a small agency owner out there who has to you know you never make payroll so that this that staff can put food on the table right and so mm -hmm. you don't you have to you have to make a living and um and there has to be revenue coming in the door and i understand that um i guess what i would say is as you build your agency and you build credibility and you build those case studies and those stories of how you've helped other clients really spend the time and put the effort into being able to tell those stories and share those case studies because that ultimately is your credibility Right. That might help you avoid a spec pitch at some other point. And then maybe working towards that, maybe there is one day where you can, where you can say no. There it is. I think that's, we got to call that out. It, it is okay to say no. Looking back, the amount of times that I wouldn't have accepted no from mm -hmm. someone that worked for me on a client because you just have to. Yeah. It's just that, that little shift that says it is okay to say no. And if you don't say no, it's your problem, not the client's. Like, it's, it's a really interesting, mm -hmm. yeah. we don't know we can say no. Well, I mean, the, I guess the other thing is saying no feels great. Oh, it's, right? It, it's it, my favorite it word. Feels, it, feels, <laughs> it feels good. Like a two-year-old, it's Lindsay's favorite yeah. word. Well, I'm in this, like, as an, even as a consultant or running, mm -hmm. you know, my own little consultancy, i I have to say no to things all the time, all the time because of that. I'm like, why would you, why would I give you something for free that is also going to help you build your business? And yeah, it's, it's an interesting uh, dilemma to be in. Yeah. But I, I, I remember the time I first said no, and it was, it was working for an agency and it was my, my boss said basically, okay, then we're not going to do this. And I was like, really? I just was like whoa. Yeah. Say no. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a big eye opener to me. Mm -hmm. um, well, and it should be celebrated so, if it's, I mean, assuming it's done with, uh, again, if it's done with professionalism and it's done with care, absolutely. Uh, then absolutely that should be celebrated. And so, you know, when we have, uh, we have f very frequent all staffs where we get together and we're, we're very transparent with, uh, with the agency about what's going on. And, and so of course it's nice to celebrate when you win something, but of equal importance and something that we celebrate is the things that we said no to. So I will have the slide mm -hmm. that goes up in the all staff and say, look, in the last two weeks, here are the three things that we've said no to. And wow. I'll, I'll go deep in terms of here's why we said, here's why we said no to these opportunities. So that should be celebrated when you say no. Um, but I guess the, the other thing I was just going to add is that, you know, when you ask about, so 
advice and like i don't know am i really in a position to give advice to anyone who's running a small a small agency i think the more important thing whether it's saying no to spec work or not it's more just be really clear and intentional about what your beliefs and values are like um, mm -hmm. like in in corporate in the corporate world you know have you have mission vision values and those things they they just never play a role in anything often like they just sit on a wall other than on the on wall. A wall somewhere <laughs> they're in some corporate deck but they don't really mean anything and so yeah. i think um i would say to any business owner not just in the industry but otherwise it's just like what do you believe what are your values and then how can you take action against those things to demonstrate every single day to yourself and mm -hmm. to your employees and to your clients, your customers, that these things are meaningful to you in a genuine and authentic way. With that, I do want to call out, because we're coming near the end, you're so strong in your purpose as a brand. Mm -hmm. What is that purpose? So one point of, of uh, not clarification, but I think in terms of my, th that last little advice about values and uh, yeah. and beliefs that that's not about spec work. That's just about, I think that's just about running a company, right? Like that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's, yes. that's big and broad thinking. I think that has served Zulu well, um, like yeah. the, the founding belief of the agency is that the world needs more creativity. And so that is the okay. founding belief that, that Zach, uh, had landed on, uh, prior to opening the doors is that's like, Hey, okay, why am I doing this? Right? Why am I starting this agency? He left Taxi after nine incredible years. They were, I think, agency of the year, eight of the nine years that he oh, was yeah. there. And so yeah. it was, okay, I'm not doing this to make money. I'm not doing this um, purely just to win more awards. Uh, the reason and the why for him was this belief that the world needs more creativity because creativity can solve business problems. Creativity can solve the world's most complex social problems. And creativity, mm -hmm. yeah. as we define it, is strategy and creative together, um, right? And so that is Woo! that is what. Well, because I'd say, Sean, like when I think about creative people that I've worked with in in my career, the best creative people are strategic, and you're strategic. And I'd say, yeah. and then the best. Well, I'm a creative person who has become a strategist. Like I, I stand yeah. alone because everyone's. Like, but I would I would yeah. argue that you always were strategic, and then I think the, sure, best, yeah. the best strategy people are also creative, and so that's. That's um, a, a core part. And then in terms of the business that we're in, we don't see ourselves and haven't seen ourselves before in the advertising business or in the design business or in the digital business. Uh, we see right. our, we're in the bravery business. And so that's the business that we're in is- Damn, that's cool, right? so We're in the bravery, bravery business. <laughs> and, and so why do we exist? I mean, we say that we exist uh, to create game-changing ideas at lightning speed. Awesome. And when you so when you say, you know, defining your beliefs and what the business stands for and what those values are, would you say if you were thinking of advice for other people and other agencies as well, that it's really about figuring out to what you can do right now against those also versus what you can do long term? Like an example would be, hey, maybe you can't say no to a spec project because it's going to lead to a really big piece of business. And if you win that piece of business, hey, now you could do three paid internships because of some of that revenue. And then you'll start to build your portfolio. And maybe next time you can say no to the spec work because you'll be in that position. But it could be also about 
figuring out what those values are, what actions you can do now to start being a business and a brand that actually shows that they are have the proof in the pudding and then build on that over time to say it doesn't have to be like an everything right now, but figuring out what you stand for and what you can do today versus what you can do next year. 100%. Yeah. And we said, I think we said in our last podcast as well, it's just because you did something once doesn't mean you have to do it again. So every time you're in that scenario, revisit what the scenario is and say, do we have to do what we did last time, AKA mm-hmm. doing a spec pitch, mm-hmm. or can we make a different decision now? Yes. It's just interesting because you guys are so on the other side of the spectrum. Well, we weren't always though. That's the thing is that, you know, yeah, I think had to start somewhere. For sure, when I think when Zach launched the agency, he would have loved to say no to spec right from the beginning, but that wasn't possible. We needed to build a business. You need, you know, so there's realities of that. So you can't do everything. And I think now telling the story about, okay, spec work, we've talked a lot about that with uh, the employeeship program, our crazy website, um, you know, and other decisions that we've made. Um, it all ties together nicely when you think about it, but these are all things that happened over 13 years. So when, right. to me, I'm like, it's like, no, we weren't on the other side side of it. We were in the thick of it and uh, making some of these decisions, you know, slowly over time as we as we progressed and learned more about running a business and we made mistakes. And um, and now we know who we are more than we ever did. But it wasn't always that way in the early days. But you have some guardrails in place based Absolutely. on those experiences, right? Yeah. And just take a step forward, That's right. figuring yeah. out what the steps are and take one. Yeah. and see how that goes for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's it, right? Like you don't, that you, because um, you talked about rules and you can change rules and I agree with that, but I don't think you want to go backwards. Absolutely. It's just that it's always challenging yourselves, right? Like you said, the first thing you said, I said, what's your brand purpose? The mm-hmm. first thing you said is the world needs better creative, uh, right? The, wor- the world needs more creativity. The world yes. needs more creativity and it's not because it's not there. Right. It's It's not because it's not there. It's because it's not being valued. It's not being seen. And I am not talking about design and art. I'm talking, like you said, my creative thinking. It's a different way of thinking. Yeah. Creativity is a good word. It's and I think that in some business circles, creativity is seen as as fluffy and and you don't want to say the C word. Right. But the but, you know, you know, yeah, we we believe in creativity uh, and it um, it's power as a business tool uh it's power as a uh, a social tool as well i am absolutely an advocate for creativity lies in how you think mm-hmm. not what you do absolutely yeah for sure oh mike sutton thank you so much pleasure i think we're at time and we can give you your life back awesome. that was so great mike and thank you to you and thank you to Zulu Alpha Kilo and to Zach and everybody um, for sticking your neck out there. And nice to see that um, we're going to post a link to the Forbes article where you guys are referred to as the SNL of agencies because you've, you've, you, you were brave. You said it. You were brave. You were bold. It was a long time ago. So now you might be a little bit um, humble about it, but good on you. Nice oh, to see thanks. that you're, you're uh, living it. And we wish you a ton of luck with so much happening with Zulu Alpha Kilo in the coming months. 
Thank you so happy much. Happy 2022. What a, happy 2022. Wish you both the best for the year ahead. And thank you for inviting me on. What a privilege it's been to chat with the two of you. And thanks for, thanks for the time and having me on as a guest. It was our pleasure, yeah. 100%. We hope you'll join us again. Thank you so much for your time. Mike, we will talk to you soon. Lindsay, à la prochaine. Yes. <laughs> Have a great Bye. day. Thank you so much. Bye, all. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. New episodes launch every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe to the Two Marketeers podcast wherever you like to listen. Or go to the twomarketeers.ca and connect with us. That's the twomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. We are everywhere. Marketeers podcast. This podcast is over.